You're listening to a City on a Hill podcast. We'd love you to use and share this podcast, but please refrain from editing the content without permission from City on a Hill. If you'd like to know more about our church, or if you'd like to donate to the work of City on a Hill, please visit cityonahill.com.au. Be with us now, we pray in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> Happy New Year. Um, let's start token New Year's Day sermon. As I was thinking about uh, what I was going to be preaching, um, the, the, the concept, the, one of the concepts that came to mind was uh, in New Year's resolutions was, uh, has anyone played the game 500? Anyone familiar with the game 500? Yeah, we've got some 500 fans. Love the game 500. Uh, so in 500, it's you know about winning tricks and getting points and blah, blah, blah. But 500, there's, uh, there's always a card that you can get in your hand, your hand of 10 cards, which if you get that card on the, you know, on the deal and you pick it up and you look at it, you're just like, come on. The Joker, the Joker card. Because what is the Joker card? I mean, like in 500, like, you know, there's like a, you know, you can play an eight and someone can beat it with a nine or a 10 because it's higher. And then you've got like, if if that doesn't work, you can then like play a trump card because if you've called whatever the suit is, that trump card can be any card no matter what height it is. Like how high, someone might play an ace of spades, but the trump is hearts. Like two of hearts, (laughs) take that on your ace. Trump cards are good. But then there's a card that just beats everything. And it's the Joker. Now the Joker uh, is it's it's like there's something that happens inside our soul when we get when we get that Joker card in our hand, isn't there? There's a there's a sense of security. There's a sense of hope. There's a sense of at least this round will not be a complete disaster. Um, and I often would feel that very much so uh, in my household because uh, when I play 500 with my dad and associating, this would be for 500 or for pool or for table tennis, uh, for basketball. If you didn't get any score at all, you had to do the run of shame, um, which maybe this is oversharing, but it basically was just pulling down your trousers, you're still covered, but you put it and you had to run around the table with your trousers around your legs if you got no points. So at least the joker, we had some sort of security to be like, we'll be okay. We are safe from... The run of shame. Now, as we think about um, a new year, 2023, I feel like New Year's resolutions are a little bit like a self-made Joker card. See, what is a New Year's resolution? A New Year's resolution is I'm going to invest my time and my energy and my thinking into a few couple of things. Maybe it's just one thing. And that one thing is going to be my sense of security. That one thing is going to be my, at least I've got this card to play in life. And that's different for everyone, isn't it? What that one thing is to find that sense of security. For, you know, for some people, maybe it's abs. You know, for some people, maybe it's, well, I've got the job and I've got the promotion and now I've got this money in my bank account. For some people, maybe it's some sort of uh, symbol or, you know, thing that you own that sort of shows the rest of the world that, you know, well, at least I've got this. There's this reassuring joker card that you can play on your life. But the interesting thing is, is when you sort of dial back, I mean, I ask the question, what determines that wisdom? Like what determines that decision for the effort that goes into creating your own joker card? Where does that wisdom come from? What is guiding that decision? And in guiding that decision, so maybe it is, abs or the job or the I managed to get up at seven o'clock every morning for two months straight at least I did that 
like, how do you know that the wisdom behind that is? Like, where's, where's that coming from? Who's decided that? Really, my goal for today's sermon is I want, to take, I want to take us and I want to encourage you to let the wisdom of your decisions, whatever they be this year, to be the wisdom of God and not the wisdom of men. And I actually, actually, the goal of today is I want us to have all the same joker card to play throughout this year, throughout this month, throughout the rest of your years until the return of Jesus Christ. Because there is, there is a better card to play. And it's not a self-made joker card. It's not a, I have this, did this, do this, and this. It's a card that is outside of ourselves. And it's a card that is based in the wisdom of God. The card is the Jesus card. Now, where am I getting this thinking from? We had our reading, our reading in the book of 1 Corinthians. Now, this we have Paul the Apostle. Uh, by all human standards, Paul is a boss. He's an intellectual, spiritual giant, um, and he's, he's, he's on the church planting bandwagon, and he's writing to this church in Corinth, this sort of messed up, ragtag bunch of you know, people that have come together, all a bunch of different ideas, multicultural, multi, multi-ethnic. We've got some hyper-spiritual people. We've got some like super conservative people in this church. And Paul is going in, and he's talking about, in this little section, about his attitude or what, he, what it is that he decided to bring in so that he could have, I guess, some hope to engage with them or have to help them see his reasoning for what it is that he's doing. And we read here in chapter 2, he says this, And when I came to you, brothers, I did not come proclaiming to you the testimony, I did, I did not come proclaiming to you the testimony of God with lofty speech or wisdom, for I decided, I decided, or in the NIV, I resolved, or I committed myself to know nothing else among you except what? Jesus Christ and him crucified. I'm crucify this microphone in a minute. <laughs> and I was trembling with you in weakness and in fear and much trembling. And my speech and my message were not in plausible words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power, so that your faith, your confidence, your belief, your trust might not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. See, Paul does not want his wisdom for how he engages with the Corinthian church. And today I want to seek to make the argument with you today and, and appeal to you that we should not make our resolves or our resolutions or our decided actions, they should not be something that comes from a, a, a shifting culture, but comes from a saviour king, a saving that is external to ourselves, a saving that we could not manufacture on our own, a reality and a truth that makes the, the wisest of men in this world look like fools. Now, what does this look like for Paul? Well, Paul, again and again, he keeps playing this Jesus card in all of his situations, doesn't he? He keeps playing this Jesus card. It's, uh, 
It's awesome. I imagine that uh, in the church, you know, the, uh, the people would have been coming up to Paul, you know, there would have been the, the different situations being like, hey, Paul, these guys, they're like, you know, there's some people, they're offering, they're offering meat to, to idols, like, like, what do we do with that? You know, and Paul, instead of coming in, he's just like, well, as a Pharisee who has memorized the entire law, uh, what we should do is he's just like, no, well, let's look to the person and work of Jesus. Let's look at him and look, let's look at him crucified. And I imagine at some point it actually started to get annoying for Corinth and even probably for the Romans, probably for everyone that he was beginning to write to. Just Paul again and again and again, just playing the Jesus card. Paul, what are we going to do about this situation? Like, what, what do we do here? Like, these people are doing this and we should be doing this and, and you should be preaching like this and you don't look like this when we expect you to look like this. And then Paul will come in and he's like, well, let me just, let me just tell you about Jesus. Let me just play the Jesus card. Jesus Christ and him crucified. Now, why is, what, is, what, is, what is he saying when he says that? Let's think about the Jesus card, playing the Jesus card. Playing the Jesus card is asking these questions. In this situation, in this problem, in this dilemma, in this hope, who is king here, actually? I don't know what your year looks like. Maybe you're worried about finances. Uh, maybe worried about health, your own or someone else's. Uh, maybe you've got some great hopes and you've got a plan and you're all set and ready to go and it's going to be awesome because that's how all of our plans go. And we have pandemics. First question is when you play the Jesus card is, well, who is king here? And what has he said? Who is he? What has he shown? How are you following that? See, to play the Jesus cards, you, you actually have to have a bit of an understanding about who Jesus is, don't you? So the times when we feel weary, weary and tired, and, you know, we, we have our medication or whatever that may be, pick up the phone, pop the pill, take the drink. What could we be doing instead? We'll play the Jesus card. Who is Jesus? Wonderful counsellor. Mighty God, the one who says, come to me, you who are weary and heavy laden, I will give you rest. Says, I am the good shepherd and I lay down my life for the sheep. Not only what has he said, but what has he done? Jesus, the Lord Jesus Christ, and as Paul writes this to the church in Corinth, this is like still going around, like this is trending on social media right now. There was a guy, and he was dead, and this Jesus came along. He's like, oh, you just, you just get up, better. you can, well, up you get, and he comes back to life. Jesus was a party pooper at a funeral. It's like, hey, we had a plans here. <laughs> what else has he done? Jesus, the great provider, 5,000 people. We got a taste of that at Carol's, didn't we? This fall, 5,000 people, this is what it looks like. Imagine if we, there was like 10 food vans, some of which sold out of food. You know, imagine if we were there and just like, we probably should feed these people. And you come up to Jesus, we're like, well, we've got these five loaves and two fish. Um, you know, someone, you know, the pack of, pack of six, someone took one of the ham and cheeses. This, I don't know who that was, probably the guy who bought it. We've these two, two tins of sardines. There's only two left. What are we going to do, Jesus? But that's all right. Just tell everyone to sit down. Be okay. What does Jesus do? He is king. He is God's chosen king. We thought about this last week at Christmas. Jesus Christ. 
You will call him Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Christ, Messiah, anointed one, God's chosen rescuer. So I don't know what it is that you might be worried about or hopeful for or, you know, scheming for 2023, but have you played the Jesus card? Have you held that worry or have you held that plan up next to the person of Jesus and and gone, how does this work out when I look to the king of the universe who is coming again? So that's half of Paul's logic. He knows Jesus Christ, the great king who demands our allegiance. The one who there was a moment... The heavens opened up. The spirit of God descends on him like a dove and a voice from heaven comes and bellows out, this is my son whom I love. That's half of the Jesus card. What's the other half of the Jesus card? Well, Jesus is not only God come near. He's also God who's going to lay down his life, isn't he? To die in the most horrific way for you to make a way for you to have intimacy with the most holy God. Any of you familiar with the story of, I don't, I always get his name wrong. Uzzah, is it Uzzah? Uzzah in the Old Testament when they're carrying the ark of the Lord over the river? What happened when he touched the ark as it's beginning to fall off? Does anyone know this story? Like, he dies. He's dead. (laughs) He's dead. What about the prophet Isaiah? What happens when Isaiah has a, a moment to sort of walk into the throne room of God? What happens to Isaiah? Sort of places his hand on his hips, turns around, oh, selfie. He falls on his face as if dead. Woe is me a man of unclean lips, and I come from a people of unclean lips. But yet this God who is so holy, so pure, so a consuming fire, Christ crucified makes it possible for us to be renewed and to be cleansed and to know that God has a desire for relationship with us and then we can approach the most holy God. So put those two things together. Jesus Christ and him crucified. In whatever problem, whatever scenario, whatever hope, whatever plan you have for 2022, you can go, well, whatever that is, I can hold up next with the Jesus card, Jesus Christ and him crucified, and I can know that God, he is both really, really powerful, king of the universe, and he's really, really good and loving. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? You see... There's a shorthand way that you've probably heard Joash and I talk about this. Uh, The the concept comes from a book by Jeff Vanderstelt. Uh, It's something that we focused our time on during Surf Coast Camp last year. Uh, Does anyone know what this this terminology is, playing the Jesus card? It's called gospeling yourself. Gospeling yourself. You know, you can have a really rough day. Maybe someone has done something horrific to you and you're feeling really low and you're just like, oh, I can't. Figure this out. And you can worry and you can get anxious and you can be fearful and you can be angry and you can plot and plan, but you can also play the Jesus card. And you can go, well, you know what? I don't need their acceptance because I have the acceptance and the love of the Most High God. 
that is going to give me a peace that transcends understanding. See, I don't know what to do in this situation. I'm uncertain. I don't know. There's so much of, uh, there's so much that still needs to be worked out, so much that I still need to see to, to make a decision. And it's just like, well, you can worry and you can Google and you can look at the blogs and check the comment feeds, or you can play a Jesus card. And you'd be like, God, give me wisdom right now. Give me peace. I think it's an incredibly helpful question. What would Jesus do here? How would Jesus deal with this situation if, if he were me? What resources does the Holy Spirit, which I have received from God by my confession and yielding to Christ Jesus as Lord, and my belief and trust that he has died for my sin and has risen to new life from the dead, what does that do to my demeanor right now and also into the future? Let's play the Jesus card. I think of the the story of John Lennox, who's sitting in the train carriage and he's reading his Bible. John Lennox, he's an Oxford professor um, in mathematics. He's, he's an enormous brain and has a lovely Welsh accent. Anyway, he's lovely. And uh, he's sitting opposite this other guy who's reading this advanced mathematics book. And, and John looks at him and he says, oh, do you, um, he said, tell me, about what, tell me about what you're reading, you know. And the guy, you know, gives a little bit of a spiel and then he, he reciprocates, oh, what are you, oh, you're reading the Bible. He says, oh, does that, does that really do much for you? He says, oh. And John Lennox says, oh, well, it gives me hope. It gives me hope. Play the Jesus card. It will give you hope. It gives you security. It gives you confidence. And John Lennox, he really didn't leave it there, though, did he? he in the next question he asked back to this man reading, the, reading the, the mathematics textbook was, do you have any hope? Because what hope is there if we can't play a Jesus card? I can't save myself. The problems I have in my life are bigger than what I can solve. I need God's intervention. I can't clean myself up. I need God's intervention. And the Jesus card is like God puts on flesh, steps onto the stage of human history, and he says, that death that was coming for you, let's do a trade. The glory that was coming for me, let's do a trade. The relationship that I have, I give to you, and you can enter into the presence of the most holy God, and the death that was coming to you for your disobedience and for your sin, I'll take that. And that is Christ as King, Jesus Christ and Him crucified. There's so much hope and joy in that. <clears throat> now, one objective, objection before we close, is maybe some of you are thinking, well, Louis, you know, is this, is, are you just saying, you know, are you just saying that I've just got to like parrot off, you know, Jesus Christ and him crucified and then all my problems go away? Is that, is that, what, is that what this is all? Is this like just a, a, an intellectual knowledge that if I remember that Jesus is king and if I remember that he died on the cross, then I don't have to worry about my housing repayments? Is that how it works? Uh-uh. The Jesus card is not a mindless power play. It's a personal perspective giver based on what you have already received and known in the Lord Jesus Christ, in your confession and belief and trust in him. You see, if you really do believe that Jesus is the son of God, 
and that he died in your place for your sin and that you needed that to happen. And if you really believe and trust and put your confidence in and know that he has risen again to new life, if you really believe that, there will be something that happens in your heart, which there will be a joy which is inexpressible and filled with glory. The test isn't a written exam, but it'll be you being go, look, I have faith. I don't have faith, but I don't have sight, but I have faith. And I trust in Jesus. And there'll be a peace that transcends understanding. And for those of us that know Jesus and are looking to follow Jesus and that are investigating the person of Jesus, playing the Jesus card is not a mindless action. It's a thinking deeply about who he is and his love for you and what he's, what he's going to do in this world and then what he's promised to do for you as well. You can only play the Jesus card if you know you're holding on to Jesus himself. So my invitation today to you January 1, 2023, is if you are a follower of Jesus, get to know Jesus. Get to know how to play the Jesus card. Practice playing the Jesus card. Ponder Jesus Christ and him crucified. Think deeply on these things. Meditate on these things. Ask God to help you understand these things. That's a prayer he'll answer. And if you don't know Jesus in this way, if, if, there is, if you don't have hope, look to Jesus and ask your questions. Open a Bible and read about his life and then ask God to be like, well, if this is true, show me. And there's a prayer that I think God would be pleased to answer. Because if you are here, He's probably already started doing some inviting on his own. So the Jesus Card Church, it is our ongoing reminder and help and resolve that we should decide to have in going into the year ahead. It was Paul's. It served him well in... the volatile ministry that he had in his imprisonments and persecutions and his lashings and his beatings. I don't know what's ahead for you, but I think that that card could be useful as you as well, for you as well. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you'd like to know more about our church, or if you'd like to donate to the work of City on a Hill, please visit cityonahill.com.au.